Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to the NRL Show, the podcast for all the Mojo Sports fans who love rugby league. I am your host, Lainey. It's finally here. It's grand final weekend. We've got two teams left. And it's not just the hot takes we have on the match ahead, but the heat is getting turned right up as hosting City to the grand final. Sydney is supposed to reach some high temperatures and it'll be more than heads that need to keep cool on the field. On the show today, Emma and I dissect the teams, opine on how the match will play out and talk about the matches that earn the Penrith Panthers and Brisbane Broncos a place in the grand final. We have got so much to talk about, so let's get into it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. I'm your host, Lady, and I'm joined today by my loyal and insightful panelist, Emma. Uh, we are going to be uh, giving you our previews for the grand final and look back at the prelim final matches. How are you, Emma? How excited are you at the grand final weekend? I'm very excited, Lainey. Um, Yeah, my grand final pick, Broncos, made it through. Unfortunately, that means the Warriors didn't make it. How are you feeling about that? I'm okay. Um, I've managed to deal with it. I've, I've all the crying's finished now. But look, I, I've got to be happy. Brisbane Broncos are my second favorite team, so it just means I'm going to the grand final to cheer them on, which I'm happy to do. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's going to be a great game. I, I, you know what? And like just preparing for our episode today and just looking at the teams and things, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is this is just bound to be destined to be a great uh, match to watch and you know I remember for a long time the 2015 Brisbane Broncos Cowboys grand final was like the epitome of grand final matches in my lifetime and I am kind of wondering will this be one of those (laughs) yeah I think it could be like looking at the teams they're so close and they've been so close all season and I'm struggling to pick between um, all the players who I think is better so I think it's going to be a yeah, wild game. Well, I mean, like we have to sort of pay service to uh, the teams that got them here. So uh, let's just have a chat. So there were two matches in the preliminary round that's passed us. So we say goodbye to two final teams um, that were eliminated, but that's actually paved the way for these two teams. So those sides were the Melbourne Storm and the New Zealand Warriors. So the Melbourne Storm, they were defeated in a show of dominance by the Penrith Panthers at Olympic Park. Yeah, with a full score of, what was that, 38? to four. Uh, the Panthers scored six tries in the match with Brian Tull getting a hat trick and Justin Olin being the only player to cross the line for the Storm in the first 10 minutes. Now we've observed that the Storm, they don't lose twice in a row, but here they've lost three times to the Panthers this year and each time it's a display of utter dominance, dismantling the Storm defence and mounting a strong attack. Emma, the stats on this match alone is interesting for analysis of how the Panthers performed and how the Storm were. Like you said last week, maybe they were trying too hard previously and they were perhaps trying too hard this time around. Maybe did look uh, to try and do flash and special things. What was your take on this match? Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one because um, it started out, they were even for probably the first 20 minutes, I think, and I think they were still kind of had a chance for the first half maybe. Um, and then after that, the Panthers just pulled away and just absolutely outclassed them. So, yeah, I think it was an expected result probably for me. But, yeah, the Panthers really showed how serious they are about about the grand final and they weren't going to let the storm get in their way. So, yeah, good on them. But sorry to Gabby. <laughs> She's not yeah. in herself. But, yeah, no, nah, it was pretty crazy. I was travelling when this match actually happened live. Um, coming back from South Australia. So I only got to watch it when I landed. I think uh, as soon as wheels were down, I pretty much switched on all my data and <laughs> pretty much playing it while waiting to deplane at the luggage carousel and then in the cab line, made it all the way to my front door. Um, yeah, interesting. And I think actually Lachlan had also sent us a, a picture to show us that he was on an international flight um, getting ready to take off and he got to watch it. So good for good for him. But he tipped the Panthers to win. Yeah, watching this match, it was how to be a three-peat team. You know, the, this this was a lesson on how to, how to be a three-peat team. Just really elite team of athletes. I was really impressed that Nathan Cleary stayed on for the full 80 minutes um, and that he wasn't actually taken out to rest, much like some teams often do when they try and rest their players ahead of a big match. I know I, I spend a bit of time discussing even just like family with family and friends how the Panthers, they kind of move like a single entity. 
Um, and that was what really showed um, in watching that match. But, yeah, definitely among the usual performers, I would have um, said, you know, from the Panther side, Edwards to all, Cleary, Lenew, Liam Martin actually also played a great game in Crichton. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think you've covered it. it they they just re- really were all playing, like, to their best and there wasn't yeah any hiccups. I think they were definitely, like, they don't seem to take chances with taking players off and resting them. It's just, yeah, we might have a great lead, but they still take it very seriously every game. And uh, I think that's part of the reason that they've got so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, the other match was the New Zealand Warriors managing to get a big crowd show up to Lang Park. Um, I have a feeling the crowd noise must have been as loud as Origin. Uh, so the final score was 42-12 to the Broncos. Um, even though the Broncos had a slow start, they certainly picked up speed as the game went on. There was a Warriors sunburn, uh, questionable passes on a line break. But the takeaway for me was that there's no love lost from Warriors fans for the team. Um, and certainly that, uh, you know, I remember actually saying to myself at full time, Emma, you're right. You said it in round 13, Broncos are going to be at the grand final and here they are going to the grand final. I know they had to be a winner and would like to think that these wins can come without controversy. But what were your thoughts on that game? Well, the the one controversy that probably stands out to everyone is that forward pass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a maybe, I don't know if that's something we want to discuss at the moment, but either way, they still had, they weren't going to really change the result. Um, I think the Warriors played a, a really good game still, but it's just really out, like the Broncos, the speed and just watching it back, it kind of looks like you're watching it in, um, in fast forward sometimes they were just mm. that quick on the ball that quick just finding holes that was near impossible for the Warriors. like the Warriors actually looked pretty all right to me in defense but they just weren't able to get there at the time like it just I don't know for some reason they just looked way quicker than than even normal the Broncos they were just everywhere sneaking through and really really taking it seriously to get through ma- making sure everyone knows that they deserve that spot in the grand final and um yeah just really pulled away from the Warriors in the end. There, there were a couple of, like, great sort of moments. Not, I can't not mention the Warriors. I thought that um, Dallin Wateni's Zalesniak intercept was actually a brilliant read uh, on that Walsh cutout pass um, to get that try. I thought that was great. Um, interestingly, though, like, Dallin went for another attempt for an intercept and then came off his defensive line, which really just allowed a Broncos try through, which is like, okay, you looked for it a second time, Dallin, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> but you, you mean, if you're going to do it, it has to actually pay off. Um, but, yeah, not a bad play from Reese though, but he did redeem himself later. Um, but I thought it was actually great for Dallin. Um, Herbie Farnworth, um, I thought, you know, he's going to the Dolphins next year, but he's had such a great season for the Broncos. He likes to hold the ball, but, you know, he... <laughs> I'm good. He just still gets some great tries. But I thought he was actually one of the star players in that match. I know a lot of us talk about Reese Walsh a lot um, and all that. But, yeah, Herbie's one of those players uh, that sort of consistently manages to be everywhere um, and puts in the effort there. So he really was. And um, his speed, I, I didn't actually realise that he could run that fast. <laughs> um, he just really was kind of showing off um, in that game. It was it was pretty incredible to watch, and as you said, like yeah, we talk about Reese Walsh a lot. He's a very showy player. I remember last week when we were doing the preview, saying that um, Reese Walsh is going to do some some magic, but we just got to watch out for those errors. And I think a few of those, um, uh, Dylan really picked up on that. And I think, mm-hmm. as you said, um, he had a really good game. Like I think that was pretty incredible from the from him for the Warriors. But yeah, in this in the same thing as with Reese, like a couple of those little errors because you are trying so hard and you've got to be everywhere you're not going to get every single one right otherwise um you're probably not going to be able to pull out the magic at best you have to kind of risk it to to get the some of them are going to work some of them aren't and that's just how it is but yeah they those few that we've mentioned there they had incredible game it's really Mm. it's a really fun game to watch I liked it even though the Broncos were um yeah they really did run away with it at the end it still seemed like the Warriors were like they didn't seem to be playing bad in my opinion. I thought they were playing really well still. Um, the Broncos just managed to sneak in some special stuff there. Special stuff. Yes, sneaking <laughs> in special stuff. <laughs> I actually hung around to watch the press conference as well because, I don't know, I think I was just trying to punish myself a little bit, <laughs> just holding on to the hope. 
but I was really keen to hear what Andrew Webster had to say about it because I knew someone was going to ask him about that forward pass. Yeah. Um, and I was actually really impressed with just how classy he was as a coach. Um, like um, he said that it just didn't decide the contest. And instead he reflected that the Warriors just weren't defending well there and allowed that line breakthrough. Um, and like he's a rookie coach. He's a nominee for Coach of the Year um, with I think it's Kevin Walters and Ivan Cleary. So there's the three of them who are up for the award. And I just thought, you know, such class. And he's in every single press conference I've watched um, with him, he's diplomatic, he's honest, he's very forward, um, but without being disrespectful. And, yeah, he's just said, look, it's it was our fault that it got there anyway, so that wasn't going <laughs> to decide how it goes. And I'm just thinking, just give him the Coach of the Year award already. <laughs> yeah, all class. <laughs> I think... Anyway. Um- yeah, that, that forward pass especially brings back in the uh, controversy about whether the bunker can decide. And I really think that there should be something. Like if we can all see it blatantly, I don't understand why we can't even just have a line from the touchies to the bunker just be like, oh, you missed this forward pass, and then they can decide what they whether they want to bring it up or not. But didn't all three of them miss it? <laughs> but the bunker still saw it, I mean. Yeah, that's right. The bunker saw it, and I, I think the ref and the two touchies missed it. But... There's got to be a way, like surely with all the all the technology that we have, like even just like a the bunker can just like press a button or something and tell the touchy like you missed something and stop. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, so- well, yeah. Ainsley came out and said, "Oh, yeah, the technology's not there yet, but we've been looking into it." Mm-hmm. Even if you got like an extra, I don't know, four p- pairs of eyeballs, <laughs> you know, even people in the in the bunker that's I know that they talk about like oh we don't want to have too much going on to confuse the ref or whatever but maybe the touches just have it to the touches like forward we're just actually getting message from the bunker here pull it back then yeah Adam Pompey actually in play I remember when it happened sort of throws his hands up and he's like that's clearly forward the mm-hmm. ref was like what are you talking about I mean like if he can see it and he's on the field and the ref is also there in the midst of the action and he's not seeing it you know how sometimes in play throughout the season there's a player that will go forward and then suddenly the ref's rethinking oh wait was that a forward and then they go back and then they not even that that didn't happen I think just the speed of that particular uh, play was just so quick and there was (laughs) too much going on to process and it was just like I guess it's a try so, yeah, that's the yeah, other least. thing, like they were saying, even the commentators saying, well, the touchy was not fast enough to keep up with these guys. And obviously they're not going to, like the touchies are very quick, don't get me wrong, con- mm. considering they're, they're not the actual players. They're usually like so much quicker than you would expect. But um, if we can see it, like we don't have to put all the pressure on them. Like obviously they're going to miss things because they can't yeah. keep up with them. Um, if we want this level of, the game, like we want it to be fast and we want the players to be able to do stuff like that. Why can't we just use the bunker a bit more? Like I know that it is rules about the plays, but maybe that's something yeah. that they figure out a way to do. We can't get too hopeful. I mean, like they miss knock-ons. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of things that get missed. Okay, so we've got one match ahead, which is a big match. That's the grand final. So it's happening on Sunday at 7.50pm standard daylight saving time. Actually, it's daylight saving time for us. Yeah, grand final, daylight saving. Wow. So we've got the Penrith Panthers. They'll be taking on the Brisbane Broncos. It could be a mini version of State of Origin as there are a few players in each club that represented their states in the Origin Series. I actually can't recall when the last time was there was a Queensland versus New South Wales side in the grand final. I'm sure if Lachlan was here, he would be able to quickly scan through his uh, mental database um, or run some research in the background. I'll have to have a look at that, but I don't know. My memory is telling me it's around about early early 2000s. I'll have to check. So, you know, as we touched on before, so there was actually some big scores that these clubs have put on their opposition, proving their calibre to make the grand final. So we're playing out at Olympic Park. It's an 80,000 um, capacity stadium. The referee for the match is Adam G., uh, probably congratulations to him for his appointment to a grand final uh, match. He has certainly showed this season he's a quality official with great rapport with players, keeps up with the speed of play. I think personally a worthy appointment and honour. I think I've mentioned him a couple of times throughout the show. Um, there's been some media attention uh, about 
him and some bias he's displayed. I don't know if you've had a chance to read any of this, Emma, but yeah, I do not agree with it. I know they have to sell papers and they like to create storylines to add to the drama to the grand final, but much like they seem to think their opinion matters, Look, I think mine does too. And <laughs> Maybe they can report on the popularity of rugby league, how the players and clubs have been building their talent pathways for the women and men's game with such a great product and role models in the game, including some of the up-and-coming officials that have been outstanding this year in other competitions. They could maybe focus on that stuff. Anyway, so supporting Adam G uh, on the big night, uh, the touch judges Chris Sutton and Dave Monroe with Ashley Klein in the bunker. I'm also just realizing that we have a coach and player son combo for the grand finals here, much like last year. So we've got the Walters and the Cleary dynasty. <laughs> Let's have a look at the teams, shall we, Emma? I'll start off with the Penrith Panthers first. So uh, coach Ivan Cleary, he's among the nominees for coach of the year in the Delhi M Awards and is no doubt pleased about how his players have performed this season, especially after a bit of a rocky start as they adapted to no longer um, have players like Kiko and Corosal in their squad. Anyway, um, just letting you know that uh, the Panthers, they're looking to have pretty much an unchanged squad from the team that defeated the Melbourne Storm last week. In the preliminary final. Jerome Luai, shoulder injury. Um, apparently uh, he's able to play as he did in the last match. Seems to be an acceptable form to take a spot as 5'8 for the side. Uh, Isaac Tungle, that pec injury appears to also no longer be an issue and he's fit enough and has also passed fitness tests to make the side and he'll be centre wearing the number three. Um, any concerns for Nathan Cleary's finger injury from training last week? That's certainly passed. Also appears to not be an issue, so he will be on as halfback. Tyrone Peachy is again named as the 18th man for the side and uh, listed in the reserves are Matt Eisenhut, Zach Hosking, Luke Summerton and Thomas Jenkins in the reserves. So I'm not sure they'll need them, but if this match is as intense as I think it will be, there will probably be some quick ball speed and a lot of excellent football for us to look forward to. Um, hits might be quite big um, and HIAs might be rife uh, that these guys might get pulled in. But with some great depth and skill from this reserve crew, I think the Panthers are really well positioned. Um, and that's pretty much the side for the Panthers. Who you got for the Broncos, Emma? Oh, similar to um, to the Panthers, actually, Kevin Walters is also been nominated for Coach of the Year, um, unsurprisingly, in my opinion. Um, and he's named the same 17 as last week that defeated the Warriors. So we've got Reese Walsh at fullback, uh, Jesse Arthur's wing, Tony Staggs on the on in the centres, Herbie Farmworth. He has actually were, he left training early on Tuesday, I think, um, with a bit of hamstring tightness. He's still named in the squad. I think that he will hopefully play for them. I don't know if it was just a precautionary making sure that they don't overdo it. Um, main thing with the hamstring is probably just that high speed running. So he, if it, as long as nothing's torn, tightness should be okay. But he might just struggle if there's any um, full length tries that he needs to, to do. As we were talking about him before already, he did a great job last week. So I think they would be just taking every precaution to make sure that he doesn't miss out um, this weekend. And then we've got Selman Cobo on the other wing. We've got Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds in the halves. Um, there's been a lot of talk about that both of those um, how good they've been playing and I'm pretty sure they've both been nominated as well in the Daily Ams. Then we've got in the forwards, we've got Thomas Flegler, Billy Walters, just like we were, you were talking about before, one of the father-son um, duo there, Billy Walters. Uh, he also played an exceptional game last week, in my opinion. So, yeah, good on him. This is pretty exciting for him. Payne Huss, Kurt Capel and Jordan Rickey and Paddy Carrigan. A couple of those boys has been um, mentioned about Jordan Ricky and Paddy Carrigan. Um, I think also maybe I can't remember who the other one was, but they're all friends with Liam Hampson. He was the guy that um, that that all the boys went on with that went on a trip to I think somewhere in Europe last year, and he um, he died. So there, there's been a um, a bunch of them boys like Jordan Ricky's had his name on written on his wrist all all year. And so those boys are saying that they're gonna come out and win the grand final for Hampo. So all right. Yeah, that's a bit bit of an emotional time for them. But yeah, they're all there's been a few articles on um yeah that they're playing for him. Uh then we've got on the bench Tyson Smoothie, Brandon Piacora, Kobe Hetherington and Keenan Palacia. So yeah, a bit of a 
I think that's the same bench that they've been naming. Um, and, yeah, I think it's been working pretty well for them so far. And we've got Corey Oates in, in at 18th man. Yeah, it's kind of kind of sad to see him as um, in, in the reserves, but I think um, Cobo and Jesse Alphas are just playing too well at the moment. Um, Pearl Corey's with his bit of a rough uh, season for him with injuries and that sort of thing. If there's any other um, issues with any of the boys last minute, um, Martin Tapa'ua and Corey Jensen, Jock Madden and Tristan Saylor are all named in the reserves. So, yeah, that's the Broncos. I, I guess um, a couple of stats as well is that the Panthers have 13 players in their side that have got grand final experience. And I think the Broncos only have two players that have any grand final experience yeah. in an entire squad, which is kind of outstanding. Um, so the Panthers have won five of their past six games against the Broncos. Hmm, okay. Um, and they have a record of winning their past eight finals matches and coming into this. They've got an unchanged side, which, you know, I, I guess it just helps with that whole co- cohesiveness that we often talk about that um, teams should bring in. I don't know if you heard, but Jerome Lawai has been using some kind of bone broth and some ointments to help out with the healing process for his shoulder. Now, I've heard about this bone broth um, from distant relatives who um, often talk about its effectiveness, but I've never I've never actually seen it or tasted it. <laughs> Apparently it works. Um, I think that's going to replace the pickle juice that keeps coming out onto the field, if that's how it goes. Um, also, Isaac Tungo, um, yeah, I don't know whether he's been um, getting into that bone broth as well but you know for him to also be good enough to play that's quite interesting the Panthers side they've got some really impressive stats in comparison to the Broncos and I was looking at this uh, before we uh, met up Brian Tall has got 21 tries this season and he's also had 24 line breaks Dylan Edwards has a high run meter tally of an average of 202 meters per game with an average of six tackles uh, breaks per game and Brian Tall is actually not too far behind him in the count Isaiah Yo has an average of 39 tackles per game. And the Panthers, they're fit. They cover a lot of distance. I'm not saying that the Broncos aren't, but they've certainly had a lot fewer errors than um, the Broncos have. So, I mean, this season, Panthers have had 235. Broncos have had 294. I'm sure a lot of those come from Cobo and, uh, and Walsh. Certainly, Panthers have had fewer penalties. Their tackle count is at 8,691 which is 650 more than the Broncos this season. And they've got a kick meter average stat of 590 per game. So defensively, though, this season, um, Panthers have certainly missed more tackles in comparison to the Broncos. But, I mean, it's easy to get a high, a higher missed tackle rate if you're tackling a whole lot more than they are. I actually just thought watching that Storm match that the Panthers – no one can say that they don't deserve to be in the grand final, right? Like they've certainly shown themselves to be a team that absolutely deserves to be there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone would cha- would want to challenge that. I was looking at it before, and they're they're still on even wins for both these teams. Um, Eighteen all season is pretty impressive, really. Yeah, they <laughs> they've been sort of neck and neck all season, but I think, like you're saying, the experience and some of those stats for those players are. Yeah, the the Panthers are still above the Broncos, but I don't know. It's hard to tell what's what it's going to be like on the day. Um, but the season is, I think, the season for both of them has been pretty impressive. Sort of um, weirdly, like we'll go through the um, the team list, but where there's like any particular weakness in one area, you know, the opposing team has a strength in that. So that, that's why this is kind of a really difficult one to call. I mean, we'll go through the um, team. So, I mean, like at fullback, we've got Dylan Edwards for Penrith Panthers and Reese Walsh, Jason Brisbane Broncos. Reese Walsh is actually not um, being counted as a possible nominee for the Dally M Awards because of his suspension um, early in the season. But Dylan Edwards is actually a nominee for fullback of the year. Um, what do you think, these two? Um, interesting to watch, but any particular thoughts on how they'll go side by side? Um, this is definitely going to be an interesting one. I've been talking up Reese Walsh all year, but he's still very young and makes a lot of mistakes. Um, he has a lot of trouble keeping his head cool. But I think at the same time, if he's having a good day, he can just do some amazing things. Like it's, it is 
no other really way that I can think to describe it as just pure magic, like the stuff that he can pull out. But at the same time, he can cost a lot if if he's not on. Um, and I think Dylan Edwards has more of that experience and consistency. So, yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You're right. Dylan has just that, I think, um, a little bit more composure and experience in grand final where he doesn't uh, let little things antagonise him and he doesn't um, try to play that that game sometimes that we sometimes see Reese Walsh do where he tries to get into people's skin a little bit on the field. You're right. I think it's just a maturity thing, but Dylan also plays a very different style of fullback (laughs) to Reese Walsh. And Reese Walsh is such a passionate player, and I think sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing depending on how the other team handles it. So, Yeah, agree. Yeah, Dylan Edwards, um, he's one of those guys who just gets in, head down, does the work. Um, and, like, Reese is one of those um, players that he really feeds off the crowd. Like, yeah, he just sucks all the energy from them and he just uses it as fuel. And we see how it works in his favour. Um, and Dylan's not so much that player. So, yeah, we will be interested to see how they go <laughs> on the day. Well, yeah, as much as I, like, I think Dylan Edwards, as you said, the, he's got the composure, he's got the experience. But if I had to pick one of them for the team that I would want to be on in the grand final, I think I would just take the risk and go Reese Walsh because it's going to be that much atmosphere um, that he really feeds on and gets that energy from, like you're saying. So he may make mistakes, but that would just be, I'm a bit more risky, I'd probably take him <laughs> and yeah. just do something special. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, so let's get hop on to number two, Sunia Taruva and Jesse Arthurs. Um, any thoughts? Probably, to be honest, I before like the last few rounds, they they've kind of slipped under my radar. Probably both of them. Um, I think mm. I think Jesse Arthurs played really well last week. Um, yeah. yeah, really impressed with. I th- they both did actually. Um, they both did, but yeah, that I think the other side is probably more my favorite. <laughs> But but I think they're both great players. What about you? Yeah, Sunia Taruva's um, one of the rookies for the Panthers. Um, he's had a pretty good season with them. He doesn't make as many errors, but he's like definitely in the top 50 list of errors. Um, but like versus Arthurs, Arthurs has kind of shown he's a little bit more of a versatile player compared to Sunia. But that is, I think, because Sunia is still a rookie. You know, it's that sort of experience that comes into it. In terms of on the wing there, um, Jesse, Jesse does actually look for opportunities. You know, he does come in. He, you know, can catch a high ball. You know, he can cover in defence pretty well. Sunir is nearly there. He's nearly at um, Jesse's level. But, yep. uh, but I mean, like, he, Sunir's got a big future ahead of him, though. Um, I can see that if he stays with the Panthers and he continues under that tutelage of Cleary and with the right support team around him because he's got really good centres to support him there on the wing. Um, so long as he can stay on the wing, but I think he could eventually move into uh, the centre, um, you know, position in a couple of, oh, in a couple of seasons. But I'm just remembering too that Stephen Crichton's going to be moving on to another club next year. So maybe he can move into Crichton's role. Who knows? True. Yeah. It's going to the Bulldogs, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay, we've got Isaac Dunmore and Katoni Staggs running the number three. I think I prefer Staggs. What about you? It's kind of funny. Staggs is sometimes you hear his name all the time in a match and then other weeks you know he's on the field, but where has he been? You know, yeah. he's like yeah. he can be uh, missing a little bit in action. In terms of the last match uh, he played, he he was there, but he just wasn't in the mix, I think, as um, heavily as some of the other players. You know, he's still an effective guy. Um, I do prefer Stags over Tango. Tango's still got a little ways to go um, in terms of getting to that level. But, you know, I can't discount the fact that Tango, he's actually quite, he's got really good agility. He's able to sort of move in and out and read the ball pretty well. He's also not too bad on defence. Um, compared to Katoni, I'd say, oh, look, maybe I could say that these guys are almost even to me. Oh, here we go. Uh, the other centres we've got, we've got Herbie Farnworth for the Broncos, Stephen Crichton for the Panthers. This is tough. I, I think Stephen Crichton has been more consistent, but Herbie's really, really impressing me, at least lately. Um, and I know he's had good games throughout the whole season, to be honest, but last week was 
pretty impressive and I think that's the first thing that's in my mind when I think of them. Mm. Do you think Herbie Farnworth will score a try in this grand final? I think he will. If um if his if his hamstring holds up um and it's not he's not pulled off early or or he doesn't have to run too much. <laughs> um I think he'll yeah, I can see it happening. Yeah, I know Stephen Crichton scored like three tries. <laughs> yeah. He's got a try in three consecutive grand finals. Um, you know, he can convert, he can intercept, he's got speed, he can tackle. Holy moly, can he tackle? Um, and you know, he's he's one of these sort of all-round players. Yeah. Um, could I I mean, I don't know whether I'd be able to say that Herbie's an you know, compares to Stephen as an all-round player and the same. But um, I'd probably say Stephen's got just a little bit, a little bit more than than Herbie does in, in the uh, scales here. Yeah. yeah. And it would be cool to see Stephen um, score a try. I think they were talking about one of the first players that will have done that in in like a long time because he's done it like for, well, this will be his fourth, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what match it was. I was watching Crichton and... Like, and I've seen actually two matches in which he just manages to leap like high above the rest of the other players during play, and he'll just bat the ball back, to, you know, and you know to get it into the hands of his team. And like even just like little things like that, just having that sort of foresight to do that to keep the ball alive and you know continue their attack, like that that sort of stuff. That's really good. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's been really impressive to me. And um, so for the winger. <laughs> We've got Brian Tuttle versus Salvin Cobo. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because there's a big difference in, in maturity and yeah. experience between these two players. I think um, if I had to pick the two, I would um, I would place my bets on Toto. He's impressive. He's, he's a team player. There's really not a whole lot to fault him on. I think mm. Cobo can be amazing. He's got the speed. He's he's impressive with the ball, but he's not always he's not as consistent as Toto, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Selwyn has um, a lot of errors. Um, yeah, he is a little bit younger. Um, he he does. I mean, I do remember he kind of had those sort of early ball discipline issues, just passes and catching. It's like it's not that hard, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't play pro football, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Brian is pretty impressive. He scored nine tries in his last five finals games. He had his um, hat trick last week. I mean, have you seen him tackle? <laughs> like yeah he's quick um and he and like he's great in attack and he's great in defense in terms of being an all-round player I mean I myself actually kind of rank him as like one of the best wingers in the entire competition and has been for I think the past few years yeah he's always there he's he can be wherever you need him to be and you don't have to really worry about that where I think Selwyn probably maybe so oh like he's he's fast and he can be there but sometimes he just I don't think he reads it as well as Toto does but maybe that's just me (laughs) i'm not sure whether it's just experience as well yeah yeah Yeah. all right so five eight we've got ezra ma'am and uh jerome nawai i think this is a maybe a controversial one um Mm. i think there's been a lot of hype around ma'am lately and there's always a lot of criticism for luai as much as much hype as he gets he gets even more criticism Mm. i don't think you can argue with the fact that he has more finals experience and just just I guess just all around experience. Uh but at the same time Ezra Mam's been doing some pretty good things this season. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think especially with the sh- the he played fine with the shoulder last week. That looked fine, Lua. But you never know when that's gonna be another another issue. So maybe on fitness and and health you could probably back Mam. Maybe the fact that they're going up against well the Panthers going up against Reese Walsh if those two have a bit of a Origin Biff again, they maybe Luayo loses his cool, but I don't know. It's a tough one for me to pick. If I was trying to pick a team, what would you want to go? I'd probably go Ezra over Jerome mm. um, myself. Like I watch um, Ezra defensively as well, and he is, yeah, he's up there for me. You know, to me, he's he's a bit like Brian. You know, he can score tries. You know, he defends really well. His tackles are really effective. You know, he's always moving. He's got his eyes open. Um, yeah, just one of those really effective players. Um, I'm not saying that Jerome isn't. I think I see the good work that Ezra does a lot more than I actually noticed Jerome 
doing it for the Panthers. And like that's probably because Luai's surrounded by a really good set of backs there. You know, they all support each other really well. So no one really stands out too much. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like he's lost in the he's lost in the selection of great players there. Um, yeah. And um, Ezra just manages to kind of stand out a little bit. And I think that's because I guess what I'm trying to say is you can see him quite obviously doing the work or lifting a little bit more in order to help um, his team um, and play. Yeah, um, Scott Prince actually came out and said that Ezra Mam reminds him of Benji Marshall. Really? Yeah, yeah. See if uh, see if he can live up to that. I don't like that though. Like, I feel like whenever players are compared to other great players, it just puts so much pressure. Pressure on them. On. Yeah. Like, obviously, you would be excited to hear something like that. It it worries me when there's too much hype around around younger players. Yeah. I think um, Ezra's as good as Ezra Mam. Yeah. <laughs> Benji and him are just kind of different level, different level, you know, and also it's like different skill and time of football. Ezra's certainly carrying a lot more muscle than I think um, Benji ever did. And, uh, you know, Ezra's not all about tricky passes, but he's certainly there for all of the other bits that Benji isn't necessarily known for. Yep. All right, so we've got the halfbacks. We've got the heroes. Um, Adam Reynolds shaping up. He's the captain for the Broncos, shaping up against Nathan Cleary. What, what should we expect with these two? It's it's often, yeah, funny. I think the, there was a match earlier this season. I think um, Broncos had beaten Panthers, I think it was like by one point, 13 to 12 or something like that. And then the next time I think Panthers had beaten Broncos and it was without Reynolds. What are our thoughts on these uh, halfbacks um, coming up against each other? Yeah, well, one thing um, which I hadn't even thought of, I just noticed before, that they actually versed each other in the 2021 grand final. So they they have um, versed each other in a grand final. Um, and last time, yeah, last time Panthers won. But I think Adam Reynolds has just had such a great season. And I know everyone talks about how great Nathan Cleary is, but I wonder a lot of the time if it's just because he's been surrounded with such a great team yeah. that makes him look even better. Whereas, like, like obviously we're talking about how great the these um, Broncos players are, but they're a lot younger, they're a lot um, less experienced, and Adam Reynolds has just managed to lead them around the field with just, yeah, it's it's been awesome to watch all season. And I think I think that he, in my opinion, has had a more informed season than Cleary. I know Cleary was out with uh, injuries for a bit of that. Like, everyone's been talking about how if Nathan Cleary, like, if they win this grand final, he'll be considered one of the greats. I know, like he is really good. I still think that's a bit of a, a bit of a leap for me. Has he? I mean, would you say he'd be great if he can do it at another club other than just the one? That's what I mean. Like, I think the fact that it's been he's had such good players around him. He's had they've just had such an incredible few years, um, mm. and he's just kind of been out. Like, he's not the only one that's been in that team this whole time, but. Yeah. Adam Reynolds, we were talking about it last week. He was kind of getting old. He was on his way out last year, and now this year he's just had this amazing season. And we've noticed it when he wasn't there, how how the Broncos have played. And, um, yeah, I, I think a, a lot of those sort of younger players he's really helped to lead around. I think the leadership is shows more than anything else. I agree. I, I, really, I really like the fact that, Comparing these two, I think what makes Adam Reynolds great is that he's able to do for a different club what he did at his old club. And it's hard for me to say that Nathan is great when he's only really done it at one place. Find, I actually find Adam Reynolds much more impressive and I would count him as a great much more than I can Nathan. I am interested to see how these guys uh, shape up against each other. Adam Reynolds has, you know, pretty good 40-20 kicks and Nathan does too. At one point, if it gets to that, we'll see who's got the best drop field goal, <laughs> the field goal um, boot as well, depending on um, how tight it gets. But, yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, it'll be exciting for sure. Yeah. I really hope that there aren't any, like, um, injuries that affect these halfbacks that could really affect the outcome of the game. Um I mean, look, I think Nathan Cleary's uh, sort of ringing from the reserves. I mean, who, I mean, who's going to step in and be the halfback if he does get injured out of the reserve list? Jack Cogger's on the bench. And and who would it be for, for the Broncos if um, Reynolds gets injured? Jock Madden? Yes. And, I mean, like, just thinking about it from a Broncos 
perspective, if I was a fan, would I be confident that Jock would get the job done in a grand final over someone like Adam Reynolds <laughs> if he's taken out injured? I wouldn't. And also, um, if he's only injured that night, like isn't it only the 18th man that can come in? Yeah. Also depends on HIAs. True. Well, let's hope he doesn't get injured. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least, it's, I mean, kind of like the Panthers, if something does happen to Adam, we know that Reese can kick and he can convert. Yeah. As well. He did like, that last try last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, and then you've got Brighton for Panthers who can um, kick and convert. I think Edwards does as well for for the Panthers. So, yeah, they've got, like, options. Yeah. Did you have any comments on the forwards uh, between the two sides? Leota for Panthers. So we've got for the forwards, Moses Leota, Mitch Kenny, James Fisher-Harris, Scott Sorensen, Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo. And then for Broncos, we've got Thomas Flegler, Billy Walters, Payne Haas, Kurt Capewell, Jordan Rickey and Pat Carrigan. I prefer Thomas Flegler over Moses Leota. Am I wrong? (laughs) What do you think? Uh, yes and no. Um, Flegler can sometimes make a lot of bad, bad choices uh, when he gets quite tired. But um, you're right, I do prefer him over Leota. I like Billy Walters uh, more than Mitch Kenny. Yeah, me too. But I've kind of overlooked Billy Walters a little bit throughout the year, but he was pretty impressive last week for sure. Yeah, he's been consistently performing, um, you know, in yeah. that hooker role for some, for I think a few rounds now. Um, yeah, I think he's been good. I just never really think about him that much. <laughs> I can't remember what game it was. I think it was him and Ezra Mam that they were both running for the ball and then it was decided that Billy was going to get the try and Ezra was <laughs> like, see you later, Ezra, I'm taking the ball. They both sort of caught the ball at the same time, but Billy was the one who put the ball down. Payne Haas, I definitely prefer over James Fisher-Harris. Jeez, what about that tearaway line break he did in the last game? <laughs> Crazy. It's like, who's this guy? It's like, what are you worth? One point two million a season? You go, 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 go. <laughs> I feel like he was just reinforcing his value. It's like, it was so good. That's why uh, you're in the big box. That's it. That's it. We expect more tries from you, Payne. On that dollars, <laughs> I actually feel like Payne might tear away with a try for the grand final for uh, Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want him running at me. That's all I know. No, that's true. <laughs> I'll be getting out of the way. <laughs> it's all yours. Like, he certainly had some speed on him too, you know. Yeah. That's unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, pretty dangerous. Wow. Capewell, Jordan Rickey and Pat Carrigan, how, how do you think that they're going up against the others? I, I think I just like them better as players, but I think they're pretty evenly matched, really. I think Liam Martin's probably showing a lot more in the way he plays um, in the the past few rounds um, over Jordan Rickey. I mean, like, yeah, Jordan crossed the line last game to get that try um, for the Broncos, but I feel like Liam's the sort of person that can make it out of nothing a lot more than relying on others to get the ball to him. And I think, yeah, exactly. He just has more experience. We, We did see it in origin, actually, on Liam Martin. We sort of... Yeah, he certainly showed that, you know, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Give it to me. And then he goes and does it. Um, And Ricky, I don't think, quite has that sort of confidence in the way he plays yet. But, you know, he's getting there. Um, Any comments about the bench? Not particularly. Just that what we were talking about before, the if Adam Reynolds gets injured, a little bit concerning. But, yeah, bench looks looks all right. Probably Spencer Lenew. He's a pretty instrumental player um him against Kobe Hetherington no uh, don't know uh, I feel like Spencer's a stronger player than Kobe is but maybe maybe I haven't seen enough of Kobe play or maybe I've not paid enough attention to how he does but uh Spencer's kind of like the guy who comes in and gets all the hard work done when everyone else has decided to to take a break it's like you go I'm I'm, I'm stuffed and Spencer's like let me at him you know he, he yeah. sort of certainly has it um, enthusiasm about him whenever he takes the field um, and like whenever he does get his hands on the ball and when he is in defense it's really noticeable interesting it's gonna be a good game this is such good matchups <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most uh, we've already um, gone through the signs and we've you know put, sort of like pointed out some players that were 
you know, excited to see and how they sort of face up with each other. Who are you tipping or you're not tipping anyone? <laughs> I'm tipping the Broncos. I think they can do it. I know they're not the favourite. I know Panthers are heavily favourites, but I think the Broncos can do it. I mean, I, I've been back all season, so, yeah. Yeah. Said round thinking that they have the potential to win this game, so I think yeah. and oh, like as I said, yeah, the Panthers had a better for and against, but they've both won the same amount of games. Um, they're actually tied this season. Panthers won one, Broncos won one. They actually played. I think it, I think I said before. Didn't remember this, but um, the first game of the season and the last, so that's pretty cool. Mm. And they're tied. This is the tiebreaker for the year, so. They're very, very close, I think. And and there's a lot of hype around the Panthers because of how good they've been over the past four years. But this season is the Broncos are right there up, up there with them, I think. Yeah, and the Broncos have been around the top of the ladder for most of the season. Yeah. Um, much like the Panthers. I think there was maybe like round nine or something like that where the Panthers kind of dropped you know, one or two spots, and I think the Rabbitohs have moved up there or something rather. But otherwise, they've, been, they've certainly been up there um, yep. throughout most of the uh, season. I mean, it really is the matchup that was supposed to be uh, with these two. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Are you going to tip a team or? Broncos has the better winning record against them, like historically. I don't know whether the Panthers are going to, I don't, I don't think they're going to, feel threatened yeah I guess what I'm saying is they may come into this with a little bit of arrogance thinking that oh yeah we've been here before it's it's kind of like a Ferrari going up against a Bugatti you know <laughs> it's like oh well if you beat me I've already beaten you twice before I've already won two you know premierships I mean I've got nothing more to prove eventually we're going to have to you know be overtaken by a better side you know like there's that yeah. in, um, that I'm sure they're thinking to themselves the Broncos really need this win much more than the Panthers do. And I guess I'm a little concerned that there isn't that much grand final experience in the Broncos side, that the Panthers are really going to show very quickly, very early on in that match, um, just how much more experienced and knowledgeable they are about um, what to expect. Yeah. So, look, my brain says Panthers, but my heart wants Broncos. I think that analogy was good. I think eventually they've they've got to they've got to get beaten by someone, and I think this is as good a time as any for them to lose. Because like next season, they lose a lot of their players. Well, not a lot of their players. I mean, they do have a lot of players that come off contract. I mean, like, apparently Luai is off contract this year, and like there are like three clubs hanging around trying to um you know snap him up. Like I heard Bulldogs, Tigers, maybe even Dragons, the Dragons <laughs> looking to snap him. Yeah, good on you. But um, yeah, end of the season, um, I think Panthers say goodbye to Cogga, Crichton, Jamin Salmon, someone else. I think it's Spencer Lanew. Um, so like the team that, that this winning team with so many of those key players gone, this is kind of like the last year that they've got to win a premiership while they've got that, you know, complete unit. Yeah. Because next year, if they do lose or not make it to the grand final, they can say, oh, well, well we lost all of our great players. Of yeah. course this was going to happen. Yeah, they'll have to be in that rebuilding phase again. Um, I think that's a good point too with those players that are off contract. They'll have to be proving to everybody else who's ready to buy them that they are worth the money that they want as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether Reynolds has got another um, couple of seasons in him. I, I, I mean, like, for instance, if, if the Broncos don't win, for instance, and they think, okay, at least we know we're a grand final team, like whether they can come back and do it next year, I don't know. You know what? If win, I wouldn't be surprised if he um, thinks about retiring. Yeah, uh, if he gets a premiership this season, yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, like would go out on a high. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but if they lose, then yeah, he'd probably. I'm sure they would be keen to keep him there. Um, oh, absolutely. And like, why would he? I don't see him wanting to move. He was. He said to a lot of, um, yeah, he's he's said a fair bit lately that he's fallen in love with the club and he doesn't intend on going anywhere. So I'd say that he would be sticking around if you win a grand final and you're thinking about retiring anyway. That's a good time to do it, I guess. He's playing. I, I think some of the best form that he's played in his career. If he's got more seasons in him, then and he's still enjoying it, why not? 
You know, the last grand final I was at was here in Sydney in 2016, and it was the Melbourne Storm versus the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, wow. And we were, I think my husband and I were the only people cheering for the Melbourne Storm (laughs) (laughs) at that entire stadium. (laughs) But, yeah, I'd like to be in attendance for the grand final this year and actually see a team that I'm cheering for win. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. And, you know, I only realised this before, the Broncos have only ever lost. They've won six of their seven grand finals since 1988. So the only... Grand final they've lost is that Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Cowboys deserve to win that fight. Yeah. <laughs> Are you calling any margins or anything like that? I think it'll be close, like very close. Like a try and a conversion or a golden point? <laughs> I reckon a golden point, like either a try or a or a um, kick, like, but I don't see, I don't think more than four points. No more than four points. Wow. Do you think it'll be a field goal? Someone's going to make a field goal or there'll be a penalty? Or I would rather a field goal. I feel like that's more exciting than a penalty. Yeah. And you know what? It'd be a great little challenge of the halfbacks as well, you know. You yeah. know, it'll probably be like bloody Stephen Crichton that kicks it instead of Cleary anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Carrigan scores the final <laughs> try. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, do you reckon there'll be any uh, bust-ups, any any fights, any simbins, send-offs? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Jerome and uh, Reese Walsh going at it again. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, Jerome Lewis is really good at doing the stare down on players, you know, which really just can be quite unnerving, but also can really fire up a whole lot of anger. So, yeah, so yeah that's that's highly possible. Hopefully no injuries. God, no. I hope no too. And that's a wrap for this episode of the NRL Show. Thank you so much, Emma. Hope you're enjoying your travels, Lachlan, and also looking forward to having you back soon, Gabby. We'd like to wish the NRL teams, the Penrith Panthers and Brisbane Broncos, NRLW teams, the Gold Coast Titans and Newcastle Knights, and the State Cup teams, the Brisbane Tigers and South Sydney Rabbitohs, all the very best for their grand final matches on Sunday, with hopefully no injuries. And to those of you heading out to watch the matches at Olympic Park, please be safe, stay hydrated and have fun. I might see you there. We hope you enjoyed this grand final episode and my thanks to Emma for her insight and analysis. Thank you so much for tuning in and we really, really do appreciate your support. Catch you next week when we break down the final match. And from the team here at the Mojo Sports NRL Show, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.